If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you will be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. Welcome to Turning Point. If you've ever been fired by an employer, betrayed by a friend, or turned down for a date, you know nothing stings like rejection. Today, Dr. David Jeremiah considers an apostle who struggled, as many do, to mask his fear of rejection. If you share that struggle, God can help you overcome it. Listen as David introduces his message, Disapproval, the Fear of Rejection. And thank you for joining us today. You know, it's not just teenagers who endure peer pressure. And the pressure of others' disapproval causes a lot of adults to compromise, and many of them change their values and their priorities. And when that happens, we learn that the approval of men is no substitute for the approval of God. Only faith can overcome fear. And if you happen to be one of those who worries a lot about what others think of you, and find yourself altering your life in order to appeal to people that you know, you need to listen to these two days of teaching here on Turning Point. We're going to talk about what to do about the fear of rejection, and uh, we have a good biblical example. We'll get started on that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you, we have a wonderful book to send you during the month of March for your gift to Turning Point. We'd like to say thank you with the book entitled Hope. Living Fearlessly in a Scary World. It's the text from which many of these messages have been derived. It has what I've said here on the radio and a lot more, plus all of the places where you can find the quotes and the stories and the illustrations. It's a wonderful book to have in your library, not only for your own use, but to share with others who may be going through a scary time. Um, So be sure and ask for your copy of the book, Hope, when you send your gift to Turning Point in March, and we'll get it off to you right away. Let's get started now with this week and with this message called Disapproval, the Fear of Rejection. In her time, she was a superstar of the cinema. They didn't come any more glamorous than Marlene Dietrich. She began her career performing on the stages of Berlin in the silent films of the 1920s, and her success eventually brought her to Hollywood where she became a U.S. citizen in 1939. And at the height of her career, she commanded $200,000 per film, which is really small by today's Hollywood standards, but it was huge in her day. In 1999, some six years later, after her peak of fame, the American Film Institute named Marlene Dietrich the ninth greatest female star of all time. But her true story is as heartbreaking as any film in which she ever performed. You see, in spite of her success and acclaim, Dietrich was a conflicted soul. She lived for the approval and applause of her adoring public. When she invited guests to her home, believe it or not, she would play for them the recorded applause of the audiences present at her live performances. No music, no words, just 
the sounds of cheers and applause. Guests, many of them equally famous, were forced to sit and listen as she identified the cities where the applause was recorded. During her one marriage, she carried on a string of affairs with leading figures in Hollywood, going from man to man. She never found the fulfillment and approval she was looking for, and she even passed on to her husband the love letters from her paramours to show him how much they adored her. Dietrich's life in the spotlight ended in Sydney, Australia, 1975, when she fell off a stage and broke her thigh. She became addicted to alcohol and painkillers, and she lived her final 11 years in loneliness and seclusion, bedridden in a Paris apartment. Humans have a built-in longing for approval. It originates probably in the human psyche where we have embedded the knowledge that we're not what we were created to be. That Romans 3.23 is accurate, that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Believing that we have lost God's stamp of approval, we search everywhere for some affirmation. And the longing for approval is so strong that we spend our lives chasing after it, often sacrificing our values and priorities in order to get it. It happens usually for the first time around as teens. We encounter peer pressure. Then as young adults, it's people-pleasing, and we've even invented a new term called codependency. But it's all roughly the same thing. In every age group, people live in self-imposed slavery to others and their opinions of us. Now, the Bible has a name for this. The Bible calls it the fear of man, the fear of man. King Solomon put it very well in a proverb that he wrote. He said in Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. In this message today, I want to share with you a biblical character who shows us the danger of fearing man's disapproval. And the person I want to talk with you about is the Apostle Peter. The story of Peter disowning Jesus three times is one of the best known in the Bible and even is accorded as one of the best known stories in world literature. We often think of Peter, we identify with him because Peter was the guy who always put his foot in his mouth every time he turned around. He always did stuff like, we think, oh, I could have done that, you know. He was impulsive, he was faithless on occasion, he was excitable. But if you examine his life, the root of Peter's weakness was his fear. Peter feared disapproval so greatly that he let its shadow come between him and the Lord that he loved. And in the moment of all moments when he could have stood up for Jesus, he denied him three times, denying that he even knew him. Now, by way of summary, here's how it all happened. At Jesus' last supper with his disciples, he predicted that Peter would deny him three times before the rooster crowed. And shortly afterward, a band of soldiers and Jewish officials arrested Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and took him to the high priest. Peter and some of the other disciples wanted to see what happened, and they followed at a distance. And he and another disciple were allowed into the high priest's courtyard to await the outcome of Jesus before the high priest. 
While they waited, three different people asked Peter if he was one of Jesus' disciples. And each time, he denied it. After Peter's third denial, a rooster began to crow, just as Jesus had predicted, and Peter knew that he had done just exactly what Jesus said he would do. Now, Peter's fear, you see, was rooted in the Jewish leader's disapproval of Jesus and his followers. He feared that their disapproval could easily result in his own arrest. So he lied, and he denied knowing his leader, and the crow of the rooster brought home to Peter what he had done, and the Bible says he went out and he wept bitterly. The reality of the fear of disapproval is on the night Jesus was arrested, Peter encountered people representing three different dynamics. Let's look at how he responded to all of them. These are all very interesting. They're unique, and yet Peter shows us what happens when we fear disapproval in every situation. It begins with what we might call an unexpected fear. And John 18, 17 has the story. The first person that Peter encountered was a servant girl at the high priest's house who was assigned the task of keeping the door. And she brought Peter into the courtyard and she asked him, you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? And caught off guard, Peter just mumbled the first thing that came to his mind. He said, I am not. I am not. Peter, you see, is the leader of Jesus' disciples. He had sworn that he would never deny Jesus, and now only a few short hours afterward, he'd already done it. And it wasn't in front of the emperor or someone he might understandably fear. He had just let an unexpected question from a young servant girl intimidate him to the point that he denied his allegiance to Jesus. Before we condemn him too harshly, we should ask ourselves whether we have done the same thing. Peter's unexpected fear is a warning. Decide in advance what you believe. Decide in advance who you are loyal to so that when you are under pressure, you don't have to stop and consider what to do. You already know what to do. It's embedded in your soul. Peter obviously was vacillating, trying to find his way. He'd never really thought of being confronted for his faith in this matter. And even though this girl had no power over him, nor authority, nor could she do anything to him if he had sworn allegiance to Jesus because he wasn't prepared, because he hadn't thought it through, because he wasn't ready, he denied that he even knew Jesus. It was kind of an unexpected fear. And then the next one is sort of an understandable fear. Again, in the 18th chapter of John, we're told the story. After leaving the servant girl, Peter moved quickly to disappear into a group of servants and officers who had made a fire of coals in the high priest's courtyard. John 18, 18, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. This group was already in place when Peter showed up. He didn't know any of these people, obviously. He had no relationships with any of them. He just sort of nonchalantly and unobtrusively stood around the fire sort of to disappear among the group. But he hadn't been there for but a moment, and verse 25 tells us that someone said, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? And fear came over Peter, and he lied a second time, denying his association with Jesus. Peter was caught in the classic peer pressure of one person being intimidated by a group. That person said, you are not also one of his, are you? And I see Peter 
looking around at all the eyes that are staring at him, not one of them friendly toward him. And he said, I am not. Flashback to your junior high school days. Don't go there for very long. Just go back for a few days. I don't want to lose you in this service. You're in a social setting with kids from your school, and they offer you a cigarette or some alcohol or even a pill. And you hesitate, and then the pressure starts. What are you, afraid? Hey, look, it's Mama's boy, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. It's probably past your bedtime, kid. Maybe you should call your mommy to come and get you. And so it goes. On that moment hangs everything you've wanted since you were in the second grade. Respect, inclusion, acceptance, and status. If you say yes, you're in. And if you say no, there will be no more invitations to any parties to come your way. And all of us are kind of shaking our heads up and down because we remember that. We know what that was like. And we see the pain of it in our own kids and grandkids, don't we? We see that, and you think, well, if they're in a Christian school, you don't have to worry about that. Oh, yes, you do. Don't be put asleep by that idea. Kids are under that kind of pressure all the time. And for a young person who wants to stand up for Jesus Christ and be counted for him and really make a difference in his or her life, they will not necessarily always be applauded by their so-called Christian friends. Can I get a witness? That's true. So Peter's in the same situation. He's standing there. Only he's surrounded by those who don't know who Jesus is. And he's asked this question. And once again, for the second time, he says, I'm not one of his. Now, the third time is the one that makes the most sense in many respects. But for you to understand this, I have to give you a little background to it. This is what we'll call an unsurprising fear. Once again, it's also in John chapter 18. But let me set the stage for what happened. The third accusation against Peter seems to have been the most threatening and the least surprising. It gives us another window into the nature of fear. Now, if you remember, when the Jewish leaders came to Gethsemane to arrest Jesus, they came with soldiers. And Peter wasn't afraid then. I mean, absolutely. He took out his sword and <laughs> he cut off the right ear of one of the Servants. The man's name was Malchus, a servant of the Jewish high priest. And we look at that, and at first we're kind of surprised. I mean, what does a fisherman need with a sword? And I wonder if Peter was very good at it. Most people think he tried to cut the guy's head off and he missed. I'm thinking that's probably not a good shot on this part. Yet he was willing to risk his life at that moment, there with Jesus and the others. Perhaps he thought if he could wound or maim this man that it would give Jesus a chance to get away. But the problem was, that wasn't the plan of God at all. That wasn't what Jesus was there for. And he rebuked Peter, and he told Peter to put his sword away, and then Jesus reached out and healed Malchus's ear. Now back to the courtyard of the high priest where Peter's warming himself at the fire. 
And you just become the center of attention when someone suggested that he was one of Jesus' disciples, and for the second time he had said no. But suddenly another high priest servant became very interested. If you have your Bibles open, this is in verse 26. And one of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did not I see you in the garden with him? Now Peter knows he is in real trouble. This isn't just an incidental. This isn't some servant girl or a bunch of strangers. Here's a relative, a kinsman of the person who Peter cut the guy's ear off. But once again, Peter had to stick to his lie. And he denied again that he knew Jesus. And verse 27 says, and immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered what Jesus had said. He had so buried himself in his lies about Jesus that he couldn't change it now. How many of you know that when you tell one lie, you often have to tell another to cover up the first one, and before you know it, you're just telling the same thing over and over again, at least trying to be consistent in your lying. (laughs) And that was Peter succumbing to the disapproval of men. Now, you all know that story, and I've just kind of given you a refresher on it, but let me go back now, and let's take this apart and see if we can discover the reasons why Peter failed and why he succumbed to the fear of disapproval. Let me offer five reasons, if I might, that come right out of the extended story of Peter in the Bible. First thing we notice is that Peter was filled with himself. When we fear others, it's usually because we're too enamored with ourselves. It is clear from the biblical record that Peter was full of energy and optimism and boldness and outspokenness and confidence. Peter was the kind of person who thought everyone was entitled to his opinion, even including Jesus. On one occasion, he took Jesus aside and rebuked Jesus because Jesus said he was going to Jerusalem to die, and Peter rebuked him. And, of course, Peter was the one who jumped out of the boat when he saw Jesus walking on the water, basically to say, if you can do it, I can do it. And he had to learn a little lesson there, as you remember. So it's not surprising that Peter boasted that he would never deny Jesus and then brashly took a sword out and maimed one of the enemy. Peter was impulsive. He was prideful. He was an embarrassing calamity just waiting to happen because he was all about himself. He was into himself. Peter was full of pride. In fact, even Satan recognized the potential for Peter's downfall. And Luke records that the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I believe that Satan was allowed to access Peter for a very good reason. Peter needed to see his own human weakness in order to learn that his strength was inadequate for following Jesus faithfully. Peter had yet to learn what Paul learned, that when we are weak, then we are strong. The first reason that Peter failed and succumbed to the fear of disapproval was that he was all about himself. He was so self-confident. He was so into himself that he had nowhere to go. Here's another interesting thing that comes out of the greater context. He failed to pray. It's interesting that 
people who depend on themselves usually don't pray. Because what is prayer? Prayer is our declaration of dependence. When we pray, what we're saying is, Lord, I haven't got this all sorted out yet, and I really need you. If we think we've got it all sorted out, we're not very prone to pray. I mean, why would we pray? We don't need God. We got it all together. Well, it's interesting that just after Peter boasted that he would never deny the Lord, Jesus asked him and the other disciples to pray with him in Gethsemane, saying, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. This occurred immediately after Satan had asked for permission to attack Peter, and Jesus was trying to shield Peter by urging him to do the thing that would protect him. And Peter failed three times to respond. He just didn't pray. He fell asleep. I mean, it's hard to be motivated to pray when you think you don't need to pray. Prayer is hard enough work when you are sensitive to the fact that you are needy and dependent, but when you don't think you're dependent, why would you pray? So Peter didn't pray. And isn't that what Paul was thinking about when he wrote, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. When we find ourselves fearful of others' disapproval, it may be because we haven't spent enough time in prayer reminding ourselves of our dependence on Christ. Here's the third reason. We function in the energy of the flesh. In Matthew's account of what happened in Gethsemane, we know that Peter was walking in the energy of the flesh because most obviously it was demonstrated by his attack on the high priest's servant. Peter wasn't in the spirit when he did that. You say, well, didn't God tell Peter to do it? Absolutely not. No one in the high priest's party had attacked Jesus. Peter went on the offensive, on his own, making an unprovoked attack with a sword. What was he thinking? You see how absurd this is when Jesus responds. Listen, all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you not think that I cannot now pray to my Father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels, thousands of angels? If I had been Peter, I would have turned beet red with embarrassment. Here I am, a lowly fisherman, wielding a seldom-used sword, trying to defend someone who had legions of angels waiting at his command to strike. Give me a break. Why didn't Jesus call his angels? Well, the point is, he didn't call his angels because, John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. Here's what Peter was doing, and we do it too. Peter was trying to help God out, get God off the block. He was saying, in essence, I don't think the Father in heaven can take care of the Son on earth, so I'm going to have to intervene and help God. And then when Jesus said, Peter, don't be ridiculous. We don't need your lousy sword. I got all these angels. If I need help, I can just say a word. Put your sword away before you hurt somebody else. <laughs> you know, that's a really interesting part of the passion narrative, isn't it? And I always have loved it because it so wonderfully illustrates the character of Peter, who we all love because there's a part of him and all of us, and we do those kind of things that he does, and then we have to go and apologize for it like uh, he did. And thank the Lord he's a forgiving God because he, 
If he didn't, we would still be in the mess we were in before. So, Peter, thank you for your example and for this story, which is a good illustration of the fear of rejection. More of this tomorrow here on Turning Point. I hope you join us then. Hey, I want to take a shout out to our people in Canada. We don't talk very much about our Canadian audience, but we have a great group of folks who listen to us every day in Canada and a growing list of people who watch us now on television. On Sundays in Canada, we're on the Miracle Channel, Faith TV, Yes TV, Joy TV, uh, Daystar, uh, Vision, and the Miracle Channel again over and over again. And we're growing our daytime audience in Canada Monday through Friday. You can watch us every day on the Miracle Channel, on Daystar, on Faith TV, and on Joy TV. We love our Canadian friends. There's a whole group of people up there who just truly love God and love the Word and just feed on everything you send them to encourage them. And for all of our workers up there, for our board members, uh, uh, for Kathleen, who does all of the work up there to keep us going, we say thank you. And may God bless Canada in 2021, and we want to be a part of that blessing through Turning Point. Don't forget to ask for your copy of our magazine. If you're not receiving it, you can get it sent to you through the mail, or you can download the devotions right into your own email box, have them fresh every day. It's one of the things we do to add value to Turning Point for you who watch and listen. Thank you for being a part today, and we'll see you right here tomorrow. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's current series, What Are You Afraid Of?, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, ask for your copy of David's timely and encouraging new book, Hope. Living fearlessly in a scary world. Stop letting fear hold you back. The book is yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart devices or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.org radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, What Are You Afraid Of? Here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible, drawing on more than 40 years of study by Dr. David Jeremiah. Take your personal Bible study deeper with unique introductions to each book of the Bible. 55 full-page articles exploring the essential themes of the Christian life. 8,000 study notes with insightful and practical content, an extensive cross-reference system, and helpful sidebars that extend to topics beyond the study notes. You can also take advantage of online resources available to you at jeremiahstudybible.com. Great for individual or small group studies, this Bible is available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print with several cover options. For more information or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. Have you ever noticed how intelligent the person is who asks you for advice about a particular matter? They're wise all right, but it's not just because they picked you to give them counsel. 
It's because they were wise enough to seek out advice from others in the first place. Too many people are afraid to ask for help or advice, but the book of Proverbs speaks highly of it. It's one of the advantages of having family, friends, and wise members of our church. Nobody has all the answers, and those who have the most are the ones who are willing to say, Do you have a minute? This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life and discover God's counsel on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. That's Route66life.com. Route 66, start your journey home today. Today.